Once again, Jackie is gone, so Sam and I are stuck in a basement, alone, only able to talk about a few shitty movies. Our lives are tragic and sad and lonely. This is the Charles Bronson unspectacular special on Sneaker Madness. What's that smell? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm thirsty as fuck. Thirsty, thirsty, thirsty as fuck. Hey, look at me! Thrill me. If you come back in here, I'm gonna hit you with so many rights, you're gonna beg for a left. Thrill me. Beg for a left. Thrill me. Hey, look at me! No! Stinks. Hello and welcome to Stinker Madness. It's a podcast where Sam and Justin, uh, actually I'm Charles Brunson. <laughs> That's terrible. It's perfect. Exactly what he sounds like. Hello. I'm going to kill you now. Uh, yeah, Jackie is gone again. Uh, she is visiting her family in St. Louis. Hope she doesn't get shot. Um, I've heard that the food in St. Louis is not good, especially when my sister-in-law makes it. <laughs> I'm going to throw my sister-in-law under the bus sure. a little bit here. Jackie sent me a text saying that uh, uh, yesterday uh, she had a meat sandwich, just a piece of bread or two pieces of bread, a slice of meat, no mayonnaise, no fixins, nothing. That was lunch prepared for. Uh-huh. And then in the evening, she had microwave steak. <laughs> I just The microwave steak thing still is throwing me for a loop because I just feel like it's going to end up being kind of a brown hockey puck. Right. Like, you're not even going to be able to gnaw through it if you want to. You're just going to be like, like a dog's would have to fight over it to get it to rip apart. It's such a weird thing, like a scientific anomaly, like that I am disgusted by it. I'm repulsed by the concept of it. But I need to know what it's like. I watched a show many years ago on microwave cookery uh-huh. that they, they showed you how to do things in a microwave without ruining the food and okay. all of this. All right. What happens is is you end up cutting it on a much lower power. You add all this water to in cups to the side of it. Uh-huh. By the time you get good at making stuff that doesn't taste like crap in a microwave, you could have made it in a pan a exactly. lot faster. Exactly. That's the thing. It doesn't make any sense. Um, like, dude, buy an Instapot. You could do a steak in an Instapot, and it'd have it'd be good. Well, those are a little spendy. Not everybody can. They, I we just bought one for fifty eight bucks. That's not that bad. Than a microwave. No. Yeah. So, um, it does make me think, though. I don't know if you remember or not, but a couple weeks ago we talked about the fly. Sure. Uh, and one of my favorite scenes in the first fly is. Brundle or Grundle? Is it Brundle? It's Brundle. Brundle. Uh, he goes directly from transporting baboons. I don't know where he's getting these baboons, but he's just got access to baboons. Uh, Poachers. Yeah, he 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 essentially explodes one of them in his transporter. That's his first mistake. And he's like, "Damn it! What did I do wrong?" He figures it out, sort of. And then his next scientific uh, uh, experiment is to teleport steak. He should have started with lead with the steak, right? Or or a plant or anything. Lead with the dead meat. But then he is like, he gives Gina Davis a Pepsi challenge where he's like, here, try these two steaks. He doesn't even eat his own steak. He knows it's going to be grody. Yeah. And she's like, ugh. <laughs> yep. This yep one's, all right. <laughs> this one's bad. Okay. Well, it went across though. So I'm going to put myself in there now. <laughs> right. I should be I should be bland steak as well. Yeah, exactly. So I, now anytime I hear grody steak, it's brundle steak. Brundle steak, yeah. yeah. 
So uh, that's what Jackie's going through. I, I feel bad for her. And uh, she'll be back next week, though. It's her pick. Uh, so I'll start putting pressure on her to choose something. Uh, mind you, it is now nonsensical November, Sam. So we've it got is nonsense November. Not nonsense. Nonsensical November. Nonsensical November. Very, very important distinction because nonsense is what we do every week on the show. Sure. November is specifically built for movies that make no sense. Like we cannot figure them out. That's that's where we're going to be. A at. Christmas Carol starring Charles Bronson. Yeah, right. There you go. Why why would that exist? Uh, so I fixed him real nice. They're all <laughs> full of holes. It is a wonderful life, Mary. Yeah, that's my Charles Bronson's not very good. No, it's more uh, Jim Carrey. Well, that's a that's it's a wonderful life, not a Christmas Carol. Whatever. Either way, well, yeah. it's a wonderful life. Does it make Bronson you feel be, good? It's the same thing then. I don't have your money. It's a Jack's house. <laughs> I shot Jack three times. He's not getting up. <laughs> Merry Christmas <laughs> Merry Christmas It is a wonderful life Don't get shut by me uh, The reason why we're doing The Charles Bronson Unspectacular Is for weeks and weeks and weeks Sam has been You've you've been getting The, the Lindsey Buckingham Treatment, treatment Of <laughs> not having time On the show we, We've had to bump Your segment against Sam Again yes And now we have Nothing else to do So we're like Hey we we got to put in The Bronson segment I'm like It's not that good <laughs> Uh, I did. Whoa! I just tell you, I just watched like 15 Charles Bronson movies, and I can barely talk about them. <laughs> well, you're gonna have to try because yeah. we've got we've got plenty of filler to do. So, where are we at on the clock here? <laughs> We're only four minutes in, so I think somebody's gonna have to die. Yes. Well, I uh, when we watch these canon movies with Bronson uh-huh. and uh, Norris, they both have this sort of like. They always play the same character. Right. They're them. Right. Which is weird because Bronson was so not... He's, he, his launching point to being Charles Bronson, he's not very Charles Bronson in Once Upon a Time in the West. No. He's like the antithesis of that. And at the same time, that's sort of his savior because this is where I start my trek is right before that. Okay. All right. So he does the Dirty Dozen. Mm-hmm. And at that point in Hollywood, that's all he's getting calls for mm-hmm. is... Being Westerns, the guy with right. muscles on the yeah, side, right, right, and he still feels like he should be a lead. He'd been, he'd been a sidekick for twenty years already. Mm-hmm. He's ready to do leads, and he's almost ready to give up acting. But he goes into Europe and does in nineteen sixty eight the two films, and the one that was before Once Upon a Time in the West was a uh, Farewell, My Friend. Okay. With Elaine Delon, who was, of course, in uh, Melville's Le Samurai. Uh, I'm getting pretty uh, not interested yeah, already. <laughs> no, anyway, Elaine Delon's kind of a big deal. Okay, I've never um, heard of her. Buddy. So, What's her bus size? It's a dude. Okay, good. <laughs> he's, he's the French action dude. He's, what's his bus size? I don't know, probably. Everybody wears like a 26 shirt. His name sure. is Elaine Delon? Elaine. Huh. Yeah, Alan in French is Elaine. I actually played, uh, played lacrosse with a guy named Elaine. Okay. And he... After what was a while, his bus size? He was a big dude. Okay, all right. He good. was sort of like a little mini schwa. It wasn't a mini schwa because he was six two. He was bigger than schwa's. <laughs> guy was. He's he was a, a mega schwa's. Yeah, he was a wrecking ball. Right. You couldn't like push him down. It was really hard. Anyway, uh, yeah, he decided that he was just like after about the first year of being here, was like, just call me Alan. Oh, okay. <laughs> Even though my name's really right. Elaine. Yeah. You guys say Elaine. <laughs> you can't quite do it with the A right, and I'm not <laughs> Elaine. That's a lady's name. But uh, yeah, no, Elaine Delon is a French action guy, and he was sort of blowing up right about this time. So him and Bronson are in this heist picture. Okay. And it's very uh, 
the misapplication of the word psychedelic could be used to describe mm-hmm. it, but it's a big hit in Europe. Okay. Like in Europe, they really go crazy for Bronson all of a sudden. So wait, what do you mean, like, in- why, why would it be misused? Are you saying that it's too psychedelic or um, not enough? If you've ever seen the movie Casino Royale, the first one, yeah. with it's been directed by like 10 different people, uh-huh. John Huston's in it and yeah. Peter Sellers in it, all that. When they were making it, they're like, well, we're just making a psychedelic picture. You don't have to make any sense. And it's like, it's not psychedelic. You're just throwing a pile of scenes together that yeah, isn't right. psychedelic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not uh, um, the one that you like uh, uh, with the Jaguars. Uh, the Jaguars? Yeah. They've got all the XJ. Uh, uh, the XJ XKEs in it. Um, Di- Danger Diabolic. Danger Diabolic is psychedelic. Yes. Uh, so would I would consider Barbarella. Barbarella uh, is psychedelic. And yes. uh, Beyond the Valley of the Dolls. Um, it's something. It, uh, so it's weird that you would like latch on to that term for a heist movie. But they're doing a couple of those weird. They they break. It, they break the fourth wall once mm-hmm. in a weird time to do it. And then they sort of just break down other little rules that you're not supposed to. They cross lines here and there that are just like, why are you doing that now? This is a weird little heist film. And uh, Well, it's a, it's the swing in 60s, baby. We got yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. They had to, right? Yourself right. Yeah. I, I'm going to kind of give these a do or a don't as I go down the list. This uh-huh. one is one of the few do's, I'm going to say. Okay. It's just, <laughs> I'm, I'm bitching about it. I'm like, this is one's better than the other one. Uh, it's, it's a... It's a fun little movie, and it, it, it takes a number of twists that you don't really see coming. Some of them, the big ones you do, mm-hmm. but like the whole plot of the movie is sort of a strange thing that you wouldn't think would, would exist. But uh, that was his sort of spring back into doing leads. He does um, Once Upon a Time in the West the same year, which was more popular over here. Right. Because he does Twinkie with Richard Donner, okay. which is basically Lolita. Yeah. Him and a 16-year-old girl. Yeah, that's what I want to see. Mm-hmm. Bronson falling in love with a yeah. 16-year-old. I didn't watch that one. Pretty grody. Uh, and then Rider in the Rain, okay. which he gets a really real positive, uh, real good press off Rider in the Rain. And Rider in the Rain is also um, Marion Jobert, who is Ava Green's mother. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. All right. What's her bus size? I'm guessing it's big. No, it's not. <laughs> She's still hot as hell. So where the hell did Ava Green get them from? It doesn't matter, All but right. that lady is what boners are made out of. All right. Like, Ava Green is like, I, you don't have a boner? Here, just look at me for a second. There you go. You're welcome. Um, it is, and, and this is another one of the do's, but this comes with a real heavy caveat. It starts with a very heavy rape scene. Okay. And the movie itself is sort of, it deals with the idea of rape and all of the things that happen with it. And I think it handles it pretty well at certain points. At other points, I'm not so sure. It's open to discussion. Hmm. But, uh, Maybe we're not the authorities to... We're not the authorities to deal with that, but I thought that there was certain things I was like, wow, this really, you know, you're doing a really good job here. Here, not so much. Pronson is a weird character. And he's, like, investigating... But he's not being so much nice to this victim. And I think one of the things that where I'm like, I don't know if he's the treatment of the subject matter is because there's one thing that's sort of like it's a little too truthy. Like he starts goading her to like spill the beans or whatever. And he talks about statistics on victims and how they don't report things. Right. And he's basically like, I know you're a victim because you're being too victimy, basically, in so uh-huh. many words. And you're right. like, this is. This is kind of heavy right here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is some... I don't know if I 
want to be uh, thinking about this sort of thing. Yeah, at, yeah. Uh, and I'm know. watching it at, like, you know, way too late. I thought I was going to fall asleep in front of it and give it another try the next night. And I'm like, oh, this is a heavy movie. And I ended up, like, watching it till 1 o'clock in the morning when I need to go to the work the next day. <laughs> uh, thanks, Chuck. Thanks, Chuck. But, yeah, Rider in the Rain, pretty decent movie. That's a do. Uh, then I watched, and these are also in chronological order, The Mechanic, mm-hmm. uh, one of the first collaborations awesome. between... Him and Michael Winter, I think they would do like six movies together, yep. something like that. Uh, Jan Michael Vincent. Oh, yeah. This was, going into this little experiment, I would have told you that this was my favorite movie on the list. Okay. It is not. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I got bumped down, huh? This is, I'm only, I'm a saying, if you, because there's a lot of this, if you like Charles, if you can deal with Charles Bronson, you're going to do most of these. Right. And if you don't like him, you're not going to do anything. You're not going to touch anything. But I would, which I don't really like, Charles Bronson. And I would touch yeah. Rider in the Rain for you. Right. That would be the one that I would say you don't like him at all. Right. You should give that one a shot. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you really like Bronson, the mechanics okay. He stinks. Uh-huh. Jan Michael Vincent is worse. Uh-huh. The the story idea is awesome. Uh-huh. And it just doesn't play hard or fast. It it's just there. This it's is the second base. <laughs> yeah, it's second base. But it is sort of where I see the beginning of his character that I think culminates all the way in St. Ives later on with mm-hmm. Jaylee Thompson. Actually, I think St. Ives was Michael Winner as well. But uh, this cerebral hero. Uh-huh. And him and Norris were trying to do that same thing. They, they want These heroes are very cerebral guys. Right. They're always working things out. Uh-huh. And what that leads to on screen is a guy who's acting in his own mind <laughs> right. and just standing in front of a camera doing nothing. <laughs> just looking like, at inside something. Inside of his mind, he's working all this out. He's like, I knew my character is doing all of these amazing <laughs> things. You can tell he's going through all of the possibilities. But in reality, all we're seeing is a guy standing there. Yeah, a guy standing just there. a guy standing there. <laughs> and... The mechanic is the front end of the Bronson just standing there. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, you know, well, what's what's Charles Bronson good at? Not much. Um, although, let's just have him stand there. Yeah. He's a prop. But in, at the same time, it's like he's doing it to himself because by the point of the, the mechanics happening, he's beginning to call the shots right. on everything. Jill Ireland is in every one of his movies from there on. I was like, yeah. You have to put my wife in the movie, and you have to pay her more than everybody else. And they're like, "All right, whatever." I, I via the Electric Boogaloo documentary, I heard there that he was not a pleasant man to work with. I wouldn't imagine. So yeah, his ego was kind of out of control. He is pretty stacked for an old guy, though. Like, mm-hmm. That guy kept that guy kept a muscle tone into his sixties that that's fairly incredible. Right after that, he goes downhill like a like a son of a bitch, but. Uh, We'll get there. Okay. All right. <laughs> uh, next up, Mr. Majestic. This is my, everyone should do this one. Okay. Mr. Majestic is fun. Mm-hmm. It's first blood on a watermelon farm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> it's like the same idea. He's this um, war hero from Vietnam, uh-huh. comes back, can't get a fair shake, gets in a fight, has to go to jail. He's on like his third chance. and He's bought this watermelon farm out in uh, the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's trying to get some uh, immigrant labor crew to come and help him pick his watermelons. Is Alyssa Milano his daughter in that one? No. Okay, all right. It's not Commando. (laughs) Sounds a lot like Commando. (laughs) He doesn't have a watermelon farm. (laughs) He lives on top of a mountain. (laughs) 
He like hugs a bobcat or something, doesn't he? <laughs> he shares ice cream with a deer. He shares ice cream with a deer, which is fucking dangerous. And I don't think that deer can actually process dairy like that. So. <laughs> really not. They, they Jimmy, we killed the deer. It's lactose intolerant. <laughs> this body's everywhere. It's just like war. Yeah. Also knife gun. <laughs> I'm deer intolerant. I shot that son of a bitch. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Mr. Majestic's really fun, and it's also there's a like F100 or F150 uh-huh. that they rally the shit out of this truck. Okay, and it was so popular that Ford actually used some of the footage in their oh, commercials. Cool. They're That's like, awesome. This is what our truck does. Watch this shit. Woo! Yeah, <laughs> you can run over people with it. Yeah, but it's interesting. Also, it like sort of deals with immigration. You know. Uh-huh. 40 years ago, and we're still doing the same thing. Yay. Yay. Awesome work, guys. Uh, then, of course, is the culmination of the cerebral hero <laughs> in Death Wish. Yeah, right. That I like because I like, I don't mind it being that, so you hate Death Wish. Um, no, I wouldn't say, like, I watched three of them. I mean, I just think. The first one, though, in particular, you did not like. They're not good. No, like, they're not. They're not. There's such a, like, whoa about the Death Wish series, like, that they're very exciting and, and action-packed. They're all pretty boring. Yeah, three's less boring. Yeah, but it has its stale moments here and there, sure. too. It, it's just until he pulls out the mega gun that the things get exciting. Yeah. Um, in all the Death Wishes, though, I do like the cameos from guys that would go on and later do major things sure. being villains. And Death Wish 1 is Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum, Death Wish 2 is uh, awesome. Larry Fishburne. Larry Fishburne and then yeah. uh, Alex Winter in 3. Mm-hmm. But I liked uh, Death Wish. And I, I like Death Wish because he doesn't. he's not good at it. Mm-hmm. He's bad at killing. Right. And he's going insane. He's also bad at the being that character, honestly. Yeah. Like... His entire family's dead, and he's just a guy staring. Yeah, and he did better than Bruce Willis with the same exact <laughs> right. material. Good job, Bruce Willis. <laughs> okay, so you like Death Wish. I like Death Wish, but uh-huh. uh, however, after Death Wish is really when he starts to age, and then it kind of pushes into because Death Wish Two is like eight years later, right? And yeah. the writer didn't want to license some of the stuff; they did mm-hmm. it anyway. He said that the first Death Wish isn't really turned him into a hero when he's supposed to be a very sick right. man. Yeah. The whole thing. Yeah. Um, but right after Death Wish, things sort of like, and actually it works its way up to St. Ives, which is one of the three movies that I left out here because they're the three that I consider to be good. Mm-hmm. And that would be St. Ives, uh, Hard Times, the Walter Hill film, which is, I think, very good. Mm-hmm. But it's not really a Bronson picture. It's a Walter Hill film. Sure. Uh, and then Telephone, the Don Siegel movie. I don't know that one. Telephone's good. Okay. Um, those all sort of happen in here. And then we get to about Death Wish 4 or 2. And then the sh- the rails really come off of the Bronson oh, train. Yeah. yeah, he's mostly canon guy now. Yeah, he is canon guy. And he's just making movies with his wife. Just pulling generic strips off the canon pile. Like... We're doing this one, honey. <laughs> and the this chief... is about a pregnant teenager. <laughs> yeah, I know. The uh, chief examples of it are, the, I think the the real one is Love and Bullets. Like that's even titled in the way that right. I'm doing a Bronson picture with my wife right. Jill. Yeah. Love and Bullets. <laughs> Love and bu- Bullets is a, kind of a do because it is 
straight up terrible. Yeah, okay. It is real bad. Right on. Love and Bullets is terrible. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make any sense. You can constantly see these, like, points where he's like, uh, let my wife do another character. She's a great actress, <laughs> not just a lady with cans that I like. And I'm Jill Allen's better actor than he is, but yeah, right, right. <laughs> she's not great. She's only capable of certain things, and she's very good at those certain things, and he's making her do all of it. And uh, it's like a showcase of narcissism between these two on screen. <laughs> and then there's this like mob thing happening. The whole thing is preposterous. There's like this Chicago cop or something. Uh-huh. They're like, okay, we're gonna get. So and so to sing on uh, Sweet Tony, whatever, okay, right? Right. Yeah. And it's Jill Ireland's is like mistress or something like that. Okay. So, and it's uh, Seeger is the bad guy. He's really good at Bob Seeger, not Bob Seeger, Pete Seeger, not Pete Seeger. <laughs> Chuck Yeager. Chuck Yeager. <laughs> Pete Seeger. <laughs> Fucking the father of folk music. That's who's in this movie. He's, I think he's even dead by the time this was made. On a lone dark highway, straight up from Omaha. Rod Steiger, Jesus. Rod Steiger. Way off. Yeah, way off. Yeah, Rod Steiger is the bad guy, and he's pretty good. Uh-huh. Um, but it's like this mob picture where uh, they're like, okay, well, we're going to have to get her back from Europe. So send this guy, send Bronson in from Chicago. Right, right, right. You can't do that. It's like <laughs> the whole basis of it is completely illegal. So it's it's the plot of... Uh, uh, um, not the bees. Wicker Man, basically. Like, no, because you're not supposed to be here, buddy. Wicker Man's freelancing. Yeah, the American government right. sends in Charles. Gotcha. Okay, all right. <laughs> and also, this is sort of where he's getting aged, and the movies are starting to happen around him a little bit more than involving him. Uh-huh. A lot of the action sequences are just witnessed by his character right. rather than being directly uh, involved with them. Uh-huh. Uh, after that's Death Wish 2, which is now really, it, there's even a scene where other police fight this guy right in front of him, and all he does is watch. Right, yes. Uh, things really just start, like, he's not even going through the motions uh-uh, anymore. Uh-uh. He's just like, I'm, in the, I'm getting money right now. His motion is to show up. That's it. I'll shoot a couple guys. <laughs> that's it, though. You want me to shoot three guys? It's going to cost more. <laughs> Sir, you're the producer. Shut up. <laughs> Don't look at my wife. Uh, next would be The Evil That Men Do. Okay. Now, this one is another, if you want to watch them for just being bad, uh-huh. Love and Bullets and The Evil That Men Do are bananas bad. Okay. All right. The Evil That Men Do has so much happening that he's not directly involved with. There's all these like cutaways of him staring like, well... We have to have you in the movie still because it's a Charles Bronson movie Mm -hmm. and you're not doing anything. So you should see this stuff as super exciting and look excited. And so there's these like bad action sequences and then cutting to Bronson staring at it wide eyed. (laughs) And it's like the greatest comedy routine ever. But he's not trying to be funny at all. Right, right, right. He's just trying to be surprised. And it's like Charles Bronson looking surprised is absolutely hilarious. (laughs) It it seems I haven't seen it. I would uh, I would go for that. Yeah, I know that one. I think you should probably do. You should do the evil that men do. Uh, the other, uh, and then there's another one in there, the 10 to midnight, the horror slash mm-hmm. detective picture. That one's pretty bananas too. Okay. But a lot, that's on a lot of people's lists yeah. of bad movies that you should watch 10 to midnight. Uh, I will culminate the journey though with death wish Four. Okay. 
and it's worse even than the evil that men do as far as him not doing anything. Right. Now, before you get more into that, is there a surprise cameo from a future star? I can't remember who it was. Who was it? I don't know. I didn't I, I didn't seen four. I didn't I didn't notice anybody in four. Okay. There might not be. I mean, Alex Winter's kind of pushing it, honestly, stacked next to uh Larry Fishburne and Jeff Goldblum. But, uh, you know, star, you know, uh, Bill and Ted's is in my top 10 favorite movies of all time, so uh good job on that, Alex Winter. I also to be honest, it took me 3 tries to get through Death Wish 4 cuz I kept falling asleep. <laughs> So I might have missed some of it. I mean, not, I may have missed the cameo of the guy like, hey, it's the guy. Not a, not a good review. Death Wish 4 isn't very good. Yeah. Three's where you need to sort of end. There's a fifth one that I haven't even seen. Yeah. Yeah, but it seems like three is where you need to sort of end your Death Wish fascination. There might not be. If there is, it's Danny Trail. Uh, I thought Danny Trail was in the uh, third one. You know what? I have seen Death Wish 4 because I remember Danny Trail popping in and then Popping out, literally. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have seen Death Wish 4. I didn't like it. <laughs> no, I didn't like Death Wish 4 either. <laughs> but I yeah. forgot that Danny Trejo was I in would it. give uh, Danny Trejo And I watched Trejo it like sure. last week. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's not in it for very long. No. Yeah. But yeah, I remember now, like, oh, yeah, Danny Trejo's in this. And then I forgot that completely because I completely forgot everything about Death Wish 4 other than the name. Yeah, exactly. The crackdown yeah. by other people that aren't Charles. <laughs> well, he kind of goes ham with a shotgun on the tail end of it. The same thing happens in Murphy's Law, which I haven't watched in a while, but it's boring as hell, and all of a sudden he just like has this banana business killing a bunch of people all at once that kind of makes it worth it. Like, oh, Charles Brunson is kicking ass still, mm-hmm. not just standing there. Uh, and after the Death Wish 5, his career whimpers to an end. With the Family of Cops trilogy, which is currently on Amazon, and I'm afraid to watch it. Yeah, I bet. Because they're made for TV. Yeah. Like Lifetime Network original, Family of Caps. With Charles Bronson. Oi, oi, oi. Yeah. Um, Now, any of those movies, uh, do you think are episodes? You could do worse than 10 to Midnight. Mm -hmm. You could do The Evil That Men Do's. Probably going to be something that if I can't, it's like in my back pocket for like, I don't know what I'm going to do this week. I might pull the trigger on that one one time. But I think somebody could do 10 to midnight as well. Somebody being us. Yeah, you or (laughs) Jackie could pull the trigger on 10 to midnight because it's like a horror sort of. um, And, uh, you know, Mr. Majestic is really fun, but I don't know if it's an episode. Okay. But it's out out of all of them that I watched over the last three weeks. That was definitely, Mr. Majestic was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was a lot more fun than I remembered, and I saw it about 10 years ago. And I was like, man, this is pretty, this is pretty wild, wild ride for a Bronson movie. Like, there's way more stuff happening. There's like three movies worth of events for a Charles Bronson movie in Mr. Majestic. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. And they're all streaming on Prime, I'm assuming? Yes. Okay. Everything that I said, the ones that I left out, like, 10 to Midnight is not anymore. It was. Mm-hmm. Um but the other ones that I were giving do's and don'ts are all on there. Okay. Uh, we talked about Death, Death Wish 3. It's not. Yeah, There's all right. five. All right. But one, two, four, The Mechanic, Writer in the Rain, Farewell, My Friend, uh, Love and Bullets. There was a couple other ones in there that I didn't think that were worth talking about because they were just too meh. Yeah. But, yeah, there's a – if you search Charles Bronson on Amazon right now, you've you got your work cut out for you if you like him. All right. Well, there you go. Um, we're going to move on. Um, we have a tribute um, to somebody who passed uh, on the 2nd of November. Uh, famed producer, Hong Kong producer, Raymond Chow, 
uh, left the earth at the age of 91. Not you bad. You got a raw number on how many put together, how many Golden Harvest did? Oh, God. I No, I don't. It's so impossible to track, right? I mean, somewhere in between 400 and 2,000. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I don't. Um, anybody that listens to the show knows that Sam and I are huge fans of Golden Harvest. The guy gave us Jackie Chan. Pretty much. Uh, he also gave us Bruce Lee, which, well, you know, I understand some people like him. I, I'm not one of sure. that camp. Um, but I do want to talk about Bruce because I found out an interesting thing. Uh, a couple months ago, I watched this conspiracy, you sure. know, late night show, uh, you know, because they're fun. I don't believe any of the shit that's on there, but it's fun. Um, it was me. I shot Kennedy. Yeah, exactly. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I shot back. Um, <laughs> Third government on the grassy knoll. He went down like a sack of rocks. <laughs> shot him too. Um. There was a conspiracy that Raymond Chow had Bruce Lee killed. You know, had the uh, the, the that triads would make zero, involved. No sense. Yeah, it, there was a. I I don't know the whole thing, but um, I do find what's interesting about uh, the the cause of Bruce Lee's death because there's some debate about it. There's not any uh, a particular perfect diagnosis of what caused the essentially aneurysm that happened yeah. in his brain. Um, but I learned while researching this that the Guy who wrote um, uh, the book that uh, uh, that Brandon Lee, not Brandon Lee, um, Scott Lee movie, Jason Scott Lee, Jason Scott Lee, Dragon, Dragon, yeah, with that that book, um, he his prevailing theory is that he died of heat stroke. Um, the day that uh, that Bruce Lee died, when Raymond Chow found him, was the hottest day in Hong Kong in something like fifteen years or something like that. Okay, big deal. Nobody else died. Apparently, he'd been working hard in the apartment, uh, you know, shadow boxing and uh, training for... He never took a break. Right, for Enter the Dragon. He was working on that. Um, the weird thing is, two months before he died, he had his sweat glands removed from his armpits. You can do that? <laughs> Probably not anymore. I, I've never even heard of that. But he didn't like how, how, you know, if he was wearing a shirt, you know, he'd have pit stains. He's a sweaty guy. You know, I understand what that's like. I'm a sweaty guy. I don't like having pit stains. I would be totally okay with removing my sweat glands unless it killed me. Yeah, no. But, yeah, he couldn't sweat out of his armpits. Hmm. So maybe maybe he was a little... Uh, he said that he was feeling dizzier earlier in the day as well when he died. So it seems like a good uh, theory to well, me. Well, heat stroke would, I mean, for a guy that would work 21 hours a day, mm -hmm. no matter what he was doing, right. that'd get you on a hot day. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Even though apparently the family is cursed because his son did get killed in peculiar circumstances as well. Uh, I, it could have been ninjas. It well, he got shot. Well, but maybe ninjas. Just... They maybe snuck in ninjas. and put real bullets in the gun. <laughs> yeah, and maybe ninjas perform the sweat gland surgery. You know, sure. it's probably ninjas, Sam. It's probably triad ninjas, ninjas sent by Raymond Chow. <laughs> no, that didn't make any sense because Chow had him lined up for like eight pictures. Right? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm going to kill this guy. I've got lined up for eight pictures. Which I I should uh, um, also give a a plug for the dollop. If you uh, you know you've heard us talk about the dollop a little bit here and there, listener. Um, if you want a podcast recommendation, totally listen to the dollop and start with the George Lazenby episode that. They just did a couple uh, weeks ago. George Lazenby's career is a fascinating trip. Um, I really, really, really want to see the mercenary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, picture that he decided not to be James Bond for anymore. Right, right. And then bankrolled with $4 million of his own cash. Yeah, yeah. Um, but interestingly enough, 
uh, after James Bond, he was going to work with Bruce Lee, and they they had met like two days before yeah, he man. died. Big, huge meeting, lots of plans, and then Bruce Lee died, and then George Lazenby doesn't get to have a real career anymore. No, and he had the he still made the four movies for Raymond though, and the first one was mm-hmm. Man from Hong Kong, right? And they brought in Jimmy Wang Yu, yeah, you right. Know? So fantastic stuff. Um, we're gonna we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about some uh, streaming do's and don'ts after Sam's friends uh, and. Uh, starting out, starting out with a movie we've got to address, um, 54 Metacritic score, uh, 51 on Rotten Tomatoes, Skyscraper starring Dwayne the Rock Johnson is currently for rent everywhere. It's a, it's not free yet, but, uh, it's for rent everywhere. Um, 50, I'd, what? Who can, who gave this a good review? I, I don't know. I don't know how you can. No. It's awful. It's not even fun for a bad movie. Like, I, Oh, I think it is. I, I'm going to give it a do, but I, I enjoyed it a shit ton more than uh, uh, the other. San Andreas. San Andreas. San Andreas is a don't. Is though. a don't. Um, and, and, But it's not a major do for me. It, it's a it's skip it if you want to, but it's going to make his appearance on the Smabfest for sure because yeah. It's again. We asked this question uh, when we watched the Hurricane Heist. We were like, "I guess they still do make them that bad." Yeah, I mean, it's that level. Like, what did anybody think during the process of this at all? No, <laughs> it's just got Dwayne and Rock Johnson in it. That's a that's enough to sure. pull in a hundred million, isn't it? Yeah, we got we got a uh, Nev Campbell. That's, yeah, she puts butts in seats, doesn't she? <laughs> Wait, who? No, what, Really? Where was she? Was yeah. she in Ohio? Where did yeah, you exactly. find her? <laughs> She's still stuck in the nineties. Um yeah, the the script is terrible. The action is stupid. Uh at no point is physics even a thought in this film. Like I there's so many Nope. Nope. Uh uh-uh. uh. Nope, that didn't happen. Nope, that guy's yeah. dead. Uh and then like the entire plot of the movie is arguably the worst heist that's ever existed. And that none of, like there's just too many times where you could go, why didn't he do this? And then none of it would happen. Right. And the only excuse for the entire plot is to light a building on fire. That's yeah. it. It's an excuse to have a building on fire. So it's essentially what I affectionately like to call the towering Diferno because it's <laughs> diehard in t- towering Inferno, basically. Yeah. And all of it sucks. <laughs> it all sucks. So you're a do not on Skyscraper, Sam. You know what? I, I didn't like it. Yeah, okay. That's fine. Like yeah. I, I, I can't argue with that. Um, I, I put it in the do category because, again, it's 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 that, huh, they still make them this bad. Yeah. That's something. I see. I, I like the hurricane heist is due for me in that one because yeah. I liked that one's incom- inconceivably bad and has right. nobody in it, whereas this is just a like vehicle. I, I got tired of the oatmeal being in my mouth. Yeah, right. Exactly. No, I, I can see that. Uh, moving on, uh, the Escape Plan Two, Hades on Netflix. Whoa! Uh, wait, 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 what? What happened? Wait, what happened in between this one and the last one? Uh, Schwaz wasn't involved. That's what happened. Uh, yeah, still starring Sylvester Stallone. Who will do anything at this point? Yeah, right. Um, he's shitting out turds like nobody's business. Um, he's not saying no. Right, exactly. But if he said no to this one, yeah, he needed to say no to this one. This movie is garbage i didn't think if you've got creed happening uh-huh. on one side of your production ability right and then this uh-huh 
What is that? I mean, like, dude, I understand The Expendables 3 was not good. Uh, none of The Expendables movies are. And you you got hacked and it was released early and, you know, all that. And you lost your ass on Expendables 3. But if you just need to work, just go with Expendables 4. Escape Plan doesn't need to be a series. Like, the first one, I think, is a really strong movie. I Like, we were surprised by it. I like, was very surprised Stallone by it. Stallone and Schwaz, it's going to be silly and goofy. And I thought it was a pretty clever heist film. It was fun anyway. Yeah. And then this is a mess. It's a mess. And I don't still understand what it was even about. I, they have to break into prison it's like, to break out of prison. But the prison that they break into has robots. <laughs> it's like an Outer Limits episode. Uh-huh. But the, the Outer Limits episodes are more better. They're, they're thought out a little bit better. Like like the robots, it's almost like a um a, like a cyberpunk prison where they're at. But it's like a but the movie is trying to take the strike this very serious tone about how tough it is on these guys. Yeah. But there's like glowing robots and shit all it's, over the place. Yeah, I think there was. Doesn't an, make any fucking sense. And you're like, what is this visual element mixed with this thematic statement? Didn't Odo get himself imprisoned at one point? Odo? You mean from Deep Space Nine? Nine? I think that this is an episode of Deep Space Nine that they just regurgitated and then had a karate guy in it. (laughs) Right, yeah. And there was some fighting, but it's it's this like weird future world that doesn't exist and it's not the future. Uh The prison is still incomprehensible to its existence to me. Right. And then it's supposed to be like a revenge piece at the same time right. with this other character. Yeah. It, it it doesn't make any sense. It's a train wreck and it stinks. And you know what? I hate to say it, don't. I didn't like it at all. I thought it was I thought it was a little tough. It was uh asylum spe- visual effects. Yeah, right. Quality. Exactly. And asylum storytelling level like nothing oh, no, really they transpires. Do, at least they have conversations that make sense within and of themselves they're about nothing like makeup and <laughs> right things like right, that. right right yeah but yeah this thing wasn't just i don't understand how he could make one so bad so what's the verdict sam i didn't like it so i think it's a don't dull. okay right. unless i mean it's do if you want to if you want to see how bad he can do like it's it's bad yeah i mean it's a sh- it's kind of a shame because it won't make its appearance in the smap fuzz even though it's from this year but it, it was a straight to vod yeah um so no nope, doesn't qualify but otherwise it would arguably win worst bad movie um last but not least uh we checked these out today uh since jackie's not here we're going to talk about them now uh, so she doesn't say i didn't watch those yeah no duh um martial law one and two starring Cynthia Rothrock throughout. Kind of. <laughs> kind kind of. of. I love Cynthia Rothrock. I don't sure. give a fuck, dude. Absolutely. I don't think she's pretty, um, and that's okay. It's but weird. She's, she's not unpretty, She's not. She, yeah, she's not unpretty, but she's... You watch these Cynthia Rothrock movies, and it's clear that they're like, we love this lady because she's the hot chick that we can sell and kicks ass. And, and it's just so silly because she does kick ass. Yeah. But how they darling her up is so just like, stop it. Nope. Stop it. She picks her own clothes. I think so, too. And I think that she actually tries to pick clothes that draw attention away from her figure Uh rather than to it. Why would you do that? She's got a great body. That's why that's exactly. She doesn't want that to be the reason people are watching the movie is because of her fine martial arts skills. Yeah, right. So she's always got like extra 
garments on. She's uh-huh. vests all the time. Right. She is doing everything she can to draw attention away from how stunning her figure is. Right. When, because she wants to be known as a martial artist and, and not she, and a lady she who she's, looks super hot in a bikini. She's a great martial artist. She also looks super hot in a bikini. <laughs> Uh, in other uh, uh, casting, uh, we have to talk about this. We can't fail to mention that we ran into for the first time in the first one, Martial Law. The guy, the movie's based after a character's nickname, Martial Law. His name is Martial Law. He's a cop. One tough cap. Uh, it's played by Chad McQueen. Yep. Son of Steve McQueen. Yep. Um. Wow. <laughs> Where did all these guys like have kids that decided to try to become karate guys? Yeah, we need we we've decided that we need to make some like bracket uh, and put, lump people into it that are the sons or brothers of somebody good, and then they end up sticking like like Joe Estevez, but not Joe Estevez. Joe Estevez gets to sit out on the yeah. He's not a part of that because he's his own thing, pretty yeah. much. But like uh, uh, you know, uh, Chad McQueen. Now uh, we just did Chris, Chris Mitchum, Mitchum, and then Chris Lemon, Jack Lemon's kid. Uh, yeah. Jackie and I watched uh, Firehead. And what's his? Uh, <coughs> the guy that killed the lady, his kid, is in uh, Radical Jack. Looks like Brandon Lee. He's a karate guy too. Who? Uh, uh, the the guy that's the the villain next to. Buck Flowers. Buck Flowers' kid in the movie is actually a second generation actor who tried to go karate guy too. What guy killed the lady? William Shatner? Uh, um, Edward Blake was the guy that killed his wife. Edward Blake? Not Edward Blake. Noah Blake's the guy I'm talking about. Huh, okay. His. Robert Blake. Ro- who the fuck is that? You know who Robert Blake is? No. Oh, yeah, no, there's some more. It's from <coughs> film story. You read about Robert Blake for a day. All right. But anyway, yeah, Noah Blake is it? He looks the spitting image of Brandon Lee. They should have picked him up for the crow, yeah. but he stinks. Uh, uh-huh. He actually, however, in, in terms of this, like these four that we have right now, he's got to be the least doofy. Uh-huh. But what helps him is he's across the screen from Billy Ray Cyrus. Right. So you're automatically, it erases it like. You're no, you're sent deaf to it. You, you're like yeah. you're doofy deaf. Right. You can't see it because <laughs> Billy Ray Cyrus has got all of he's got the market cornered on doof. Well, speaking of doof, um, the character Martial Law is played by uh, Chad McQueen in the first one, and then Jeff Wincott in the second one. And I would almost lump Jeff Wincott into that group, except for Jeff Wincott's kind of cool. Um, yeah, and he's a better martial artist yeah. than most of these guys, right? Um, but like it's. They made the first one in 1990, or released the first one in 1990. They released the second one in 1991, meaning that filming was essentially subsequent. And they were like, Chad McQueen, you are off of this set, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) That's how bad Steve McQueen's son stinks. He couldn't be in martial law, too. (laughs) Well, you know, I think there's another reason that subsequently, right at that same time, Van Damme is just exploding, Yeah, Yeah, right. And the one thing that's different between Chad McQueen and Jeff Wincott is that Jeff Wincott is cut of rock. Right, right. He is a, I think that that's basically why they made the switch is they're like, we got to have more muscles Uh because there wasn't really a lot of difference in the acting and the martial arts ability of the two of them. There is a very big difference in the physique of the two. Right. It's, it's more like uh, Chad McQueen is uh, better suited to play. Sean Astin in his biography pick. Yeah, the hobbit that somehow got fatter. <laughs> Love you, Sean. Um, <laughs> so uh, I give them both a do. I think that they oh, are these, awesome. The first one, 
is silly. Uh-huh. Like I was the second one isn't as dumb, but it was still fun. Right. But the first one is so dumb that it's just great. I loved it. Yeah. No, I liked them both. Uh, Billy Drago's in the second one. It's always awesome to see Billy Drago. Yeah. Um, who else, who else was in Evan there? Lurie's in the Evan second Lurie. one. So that's an automatic do. <laughs> right. You have we. <laughs> We're going to get scorned by people like, quit making me watch these <laughs> Evan Lurie movies. <laughs> Anything that he's in, we're like, do it. It's got Evan Lurie. Oh, he's the worst. <laughs> oh, he is just so terrible in this movie. Like, he out is bad. He's worse than any of them. And we're he's talking about we're talking about Chad McQueen here. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Totally. He. Uh, it's awesome. So check those out. They're both on Prime right now. Um, there's a ton of Cynthia Rothrock on there. So yes. if you guys are unfamiliar with Cynthia Rothrock, uh, definitely do those. Um, our, she was in our Mercenaries episode. Yep. Uh, Undefeatable, uh, she Ooh. was in. We did an episode on that, which I thought was kind of a disappointment. We talked a lot about Night Vision, even though we didn't do an episode. Yeah. We liked it so much right, with right. her and... Uh, Fred Williamson and mm-hmm. uh, Robert Forrester. That yeah. was a real big time do. Yeah. Um, so feel free, uh, freelance, see some Cynthia Rothrock movies that we haven't talked about and write us. Tell, yeah, us, say, tell us which ones you like. This one's hot shit. You got to do it. Yeah. Go check her out. Yeah. So there you go. Um, that is the unspectacular for this week. Uh, any final thoughts, Sam? No, apparently I not. feel <laughs> I was relatively spectacular. I'm Charles Brunson. Uh, it'll be Jackie's pick next week, as I said, so we'll see what happens with that. Enjoy your week and get to the chopper. Visit us at www.stinkermadness.com. Follow Stinker Madness on Twitter at Stinker Madness. Please rate and review us on iTunes and Stitcher. Thank you for listening and get to the chopper.